0: Welcome to Hospitality Live with Rupesh. Each week, we feature an industry leader that will share the latest trends and the best strategies to help you grow. Now, welcome your host, Rupesh Patel.
1: I messed it. Up. I messed it up again. I messed it up again. <laughs> I usually mess it up, and okay, guys. This is, this is not uh, not rocket science, but I do I do mess it up. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. This is episode number eighty. One and i have 80 on here so i've I've, like messed up all over the place (laughs) let me take this off and guys welcome to the show this is episode number 81 we are live on linkedin we are live on youtube and we are live on on clubhouse guys welcome please ping people in on clubhouse please share this on linkedin so you can bring your friends in we're super excited about this conversation we are talking to the ceo of Remington hotels. We're talking about the future of hospitality leadership, which uh, is very important right now as we become, or as we uh, continue growing our uh, hotels. Guys, comment and let us know where you're watching from. See if I can pull up some of these comments. Guys, people are watching from like the entire globe. Last year people, or last week people are from tuned in from India, uh, Qatar, China. I was like, where are these people? How do these people even know about this show? And it's super interesting to to hear where people are from. And so, all right, I'm going to pull some of these comments up. All right, so we have Jay from Daytona Beach. And by the way, we are giving away a $50 Amazon gift card before the end of the show. So definitely to the person that has the most comments, the most engagement on this live episode, you are going to win and maybe Sloan uh, will help us pick the winner if he's reading the comments. And all right, so we got Daytona Beach in the house, Nigeria, uh, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Spain, Singapore for the first time, Istanbul, I love it. Canada's in the house. Uh, I love Niagara Falls, guys. Good morning to everybody. Detroit, Switzerland, Turkey, Texas, Canada. We have Bali in the house, I love this. Hey, Charla's in the house, India's in the house. Uh, Guys, welcome to the show. Dallas, Texas in the house. This is where Sloan is from. Good morning to Maryland. Guys, comment, let us know where you're watching from. And I love this, Italy's in the house. I want to visit Italy this summer. We're going to talk to Sloan and find out what's going on because he just got home at midnight last night from a trip. And I want to understand what it was like to travel outside of the country. And I'm super excited. Thank you guys so much for all tuning in. Guys, bring in some people that would love to learn this hospitality leadership uh, episode. All right. So you're going to learn successful habits. What makes uh, Sloan successful and how he manages his big group of uh, hotels. And uh, we're going to also find out what has changed for hotels as far as the operation side, right? And then, you know, this is very important, employee morale. As uh, things dipped a year ago, employee morale went down. And so I'm going to find out from Sloan what actually they did at their hotels and guys good morning to pittsburgh michigan dallas uh we got mexico i love this someone says the moon <laughs> listen uh i think we're gonna be flying to the moon soon um guys comment let us know where you're watching from and i'm gonna pull this off and uh, all right thank you so much we got nebraska in the house illinois chicago's in the house good morning jacksonville florida love it kimberly um uh, gotta talk about kimberly in a minute all right so We're giving away Amazon gift card before the end of the show. Please tune in and stay tuned. And if you're picked, we're going to announce it at the end. All right. This episode is brought to you by Impulsify. I'm going to find out if uh, who uses Impulsify. And by the way, please, somebody. I always forget this every single week. Um... You guys should know by now uh, that I, I always forget things. <laughs> Somebody put this in the comments so you can click on it. It is rupesh.co forward slash Impulsify. Guys, thank you so much to Impulsify for sponsoring this week's show, next week's show. and the past like six weeks that they've been sponsoring, you guys need to support them because they're the reasons I do this every week. It's it's not cheap to do this, and um, they're the one that are sponsoring. So Impulsify, excuse me, Impulsify is data-driven, smart technology, helps generate more profits for your hotels is what we need right now for your retail outlets. So if you have a grab and go, if you have a uh, sweet shop, you have a, some kind of pantry that you're making money off of, guess what? You're leaving money on the table because you're not using Impulsify system. They actually manage and make your uh, pricing uh, smart where you could actually sell an item and find out what the most popular item is uh, before just going to Sam's Club or ordering from your vendor uh, any products that they recommend. And guess what? It sits on the shelf for like six months and it, you have to dust it off and it's expired and you throw it away. Guess what? That's lost money. If you use Impulsify and the website is rupesh.co forward slash Le- oh, sorry, not LinkedIn forward slash Impulsify. You're able to get the 2021 most popular, the best selling guide that your hotel needs, and this is free. It's a free guide that you can download right now. Uh, so somebody put that in the comments. Thank you, Peggy, for putting that in the comments. Uh, somebody else put that put that in the comments. Just because. Uh, there you go. All right, guys. Um, let me see. All right, uh, I'm gonna. Um, all right, so we are good to go and. Thank you so much to Impulsify. All right, so every week I share a mindset, and this week's mindset is actually something that's going to help all of us out. And uh, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, all right, there you go. I took it off. All right, so this week's mindset is, like it or not, everybody has a personal brand, including you that's watching. And your personal brand stays with you till you actually uh, leave this world. And, and it's super important that you understand like your personal brand is what people say about you and what they think about you. So how are you presenting yourself on social media? And I was thinking like, you know what? I go to people's websites, uh, their profiles on LinkedIn and I'm like, how are they not optimized? And so my mindset for this week is like, go back to your, uh, your profile and find out how you can make yourself a a thought leader for your space or something that you're really passionate about that you can share on social media actually I'm giving away. And so here it is. It's rupesh.co. I announced this two days ago and over 20,000, 24,000 now, actually the number is 24,600 people looked at this and I'm giving away three free reviews. So I'm going to go to your profile and review your LinkedIn profile and share what you need to improve your, uh, your, your, uh, your profile on because that's your personal brand where you're on LinkedIn, trying to sell yourself as a business professional, a a hospitality professional, super important. So go to rupesh.co next Monday, March 22nd is when I'm going to be announcing the three winners and it's random. So I'm going to put your name into the, uh, into the pot and pick three random people. So if you go to rupesh.co at the top, you'll see a link that says uh, sign up and it goes to the LinkedIn page where I actually created a poll to see if uh, you're interested and then Copy your LinkedIn URL there. And I am happy to choose somebody. So if you're interested, please go ahead and do that. And so now every week we talk about what's happening in hospitality and travel. And here's Sarah.
0: Hi, I'm Sarah Dandeshi from Ask a Concierge. Every week I'll be sharing the latest hospitality and travel news and updates in a segment we like to call Hospitality Minutes.
1: what's up Sarah how you doing
0: good morning so nice to be here
1: you are back live and I'm glad you're back because you know you were well, you're, I missed you when you' were in Mexico two weeks ago
0: I did I missed I missed you too I would like record the video and send it to you and I was like oh it's not quite like the same it's not the it's not the same thing so it wasn't
1: the same but I want to find out what's happening in hospitality let's go okay
0: Cool. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive right into it. All right. Um, in Waikiki Beach, one of their hotels debuted a new program, um, pod travel packages. Now, the maybe the concept of this might not necessarily be new, but I love to share this because as so many of us are hoteliers, it's always great to see what other hotels are doing so that we can maybe modify our offerings depending on if it works for your property. So in Waikiki, they've got the Ritz Carlton Residences and they have their pod travel concierge. Obviously it caught my attention with concierge. So with their new uh, pod travel concierge, they're basically looking to really kind of target families that are looking to book multi-room suites They will have access to their concierge who help them do arrange all of the activities that they might need. But what I really like is that they also have additional programs, obviously, if um, for people that are looking to stay longer, uh, they get like 35% off if they stay more than 30 nights. So that just goes to show you there is still um, a market out there for people that are looking to stay longer, uh, whether it's to work um, or to just have a change of space and scenery. They also even have an option where people would be able to reserve an entire floor um, in one of their towers as well, too. So, um, oh, and their pods can reserve the entire spa for themselves. So, again, it's always interesting to see what other hotels are doing and see um, if it works for you. So moving on. um Interesting news in the world of travel on the bigger picture. So U.S. air travel rises to its highest levels since the pandemic started. So just um, this past Friday and Sunday, 1.3 million people um, were reported by TSA to have traveled on those specific days. Now, what's interesting is, is that um, the number of people that basically have been going through the checkpoints, they are now on um, a four day straight um average of, of being over a million. Uh, and this seven-day average is finally the highest that it's been since the pandemic. Um, now keep that in mind, passenger traffic is still down by 50%. So we um as far as compared to last March, but or March in 2019. Mm-hmm. So we still have a long way to go, but it's definitely boding very, very well for us. And oh, for a quick vaccine update, apparently about 70 million Americans. So we're probably at about 21% of Americans have uh, gotten their vaccine or certainly at least the first dose of it. So that being said, our final topic for today, big news in the hotel world, um, extended stay America just bought by Starwood and Blackstone for um, a $6 billion deal. Um, really interesting. I mean, for those that have been following along, obviously extended stay a bit more about their company. They have 600 hotels across the U.S. Um, but what was interesting and why the, it was certainly such an attractive um, opportunity for both of those companies. So in its full year of 2020, um, they Obviously, they were certainly impacted by the pandemic, but their occupancy rates averaged 74 percent last year compared to the industry's average occupancy rate of 44 percent. So just looks just goes to show you that the extended stay model has proved proven to be far more popular um, or. Yes, popular in regards to the pandemic. So there you have it. That is it for today's hospitality minute. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Book is coming out just in a couple um, here. Hold on. I can't hear you on my computer, but I can hear you on Clubhouse. So that's how we're doing this. <laughs> um, yes. Books coming out in, in, in a couple weeks. We'll be sharing all the details in regards to that. Um, also, you and I are working on some interesting things as well, too. So we've got our course that we're bringing back that we're doing. Uh, we're doing a one day version on April 10th. And yes. we're
1: Yes. Yes. We. So we just. Uh, so yesterday we spent four hours. Sarah and I spent four hours recording this this webinar or this course for the folks that are interested in uh, kind of supercharging their online presence through social media. So that's coming out. But then we're doing a live course April tenth, which is a Saturday for a few hours, three hours. You have three hours with us one-on-one. If you're interested, go to rupesh.co. I think it's forward slash bootcamp. Is that correct, Sarah? That
0: is correct. That is correct. So we specifically did this um, because previously we had been doing our course during the week, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday Wednesday Thursday so if you weren't able to join us because it was in the middle of the work work week or if you just couldn't do three days we've consolidated it into one longer longer day but one day on a Saturday so i um, really excited and, and can't wait to have you guys join us
1: Yes, and thank you, say, thank you, everybody, for saying no sound. I understand. I muted myself. That's yes. when you can hear me on Club because we're not out of control of our club. Listen, it's uh, I mess up every week, and I'm okay with that. I uh, take full responsibility.
0: <laughs> I was so confused because I'm like, um, <laughs> I can't hear myself.
1: We we this is what we do in hospitality. We just keep it going, right?
0: Yeah, this is true. This is yeah. true. We keep it going,
1: Sarah. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you it's next nice. week. And by the way, her book's coming out. And we have a course, so April 10th, uh, a live course. And then coming soon, probably next week, is our online course where you can take it at your own leisure. We mm-hmm. just spent five hours yesterday just going through and recording everything for you guys. So if you want more information on that, send both of us a DM or either mm-hmm. one of us a DM and we'll share some information on how to get involved and uh, get both those classes uh, yes. and really just improve your life and improve your career. That's what we're here to do. And that's why we're here to kind of keep everybody going, right, Sarah?
0: Totally, totally, and by the way, just just chiming in on what you were saying today for um, the mindset, personal brand, everybody has a personal brand, so um, if you're looking for any sort of insights on that, we absolutely cover that in the course, so. Oh yeah, we (laughs) do. That's that's it. Yep, it's always a
1: pleasure, I will see you next week.
0: All right, definitely see you guys. All right, bye. (laughs)
1: Love Sarah, guys, if you don't follow her, follow her at, and I forgot to put this up when she was here, at she's everywhere. Ask a concierge, uh, askaconcierge.com. She is amazing. If you love her, hit the like button right now. All right. So now we got the featured guest on today. Uh, we're talking about the future of hospitality leadership. This guy is the CEO of Remington Hotels. He uh, They manage over 80 hotels and they're from a Hampton Inn luxury to full service. Welcome Sloan.
2: Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to be here.
1: So listen, a year ago february 5th you were on my show we were talking about how to hire and manage seven thousand employees that you guys had at that time and it was a great conversation because at that time we couldn't find anybody remember how hard it was last year to find like qualified people that just cared and very hospitable now we're a year later through the pandemic And I feel like we're still having those issues of finding the right team. Uh, But you know, where have we? What's happened at your hotels? What what's happened at Remington?
2: Well, it seems like ten years ago, not, but you know, we went from seven thousand associates the first couple weeks of March down to we operated all but four of our hotels. We had we only closed four hotels because we legally had to down to 465 active associates the second week of April. We're back up to uh, about 3000 with another 2,500 or so still on furlough and it's still far from normal. Uh, you know, if you think of February, 2019 is normal, we're still far from that. But, you know, as you mentioned, I traveled this week for uh, business and pleasure and I was down in St. Thomas and the resorts were sold out. This the territory was very, very busy, and I think that shows the resilience of the human spirit wanting to get out and travel, just like you want to travel with your family and everyone listening in is ready to get back to travel. So I remain very optimistic that you know, we're going to continue to see a recovery of occupancy across the board. It's going to be bottom led like we're seeing extended stay America. What Sarah said, I wish I had those occupancy levels, but uh, I do think that leisure domestic travel is going to remain very strong and we'll actually see a real uh, a great summer travel is what i anticipate with another couple of months of vaccine but at the hotel level to your original question what we're still
1: far from normal and
2: you know but we are seeing occupancy every week every month get a little bit better which is encouraging
1: Right, and what happened during the pandemic? So you closed a few hotels, but most hotels remained open. Uh, I know your your leadership at each hotel like put in the work, and they they were there seven days a week, like many GMs and maybe many owners are operators that are running their hotels by themselves. Uh, is that still happening? Where you know we just have a, a you know a skeleton team that's just kind of running, and as we see things picking up, you bring people on that's been furloughed. Like what's going on in your hotels?
2: Yeah. So if we rewind the tape and we go back to late March, early April, we asked our leadership teams and some of our hourly associates to move into the hotels. So we we operated on what's called a two-two-one model where we had, you know, effectively the two daytime chefs. We had two people working at hotels. That was it. Two people operating in the hotels and then one overnight. So we were operating hotels with as little as three to five associates. That's how we managed to operate 80 hotels with less than 500 associates. And that's what, quite frankly, we did for the balance of April and May, because most of the country was shut down. We were housing FEMA, we were housing government employees, uh, mostly, uh, you know, some nurses, some doctors, but it was really to try and be at a place of shelter and the communities that we operate in. And then, you know, we saw the restrictions kind of loosen in June. We started to see some leisure domestic over the summer, and that's where we started to weave back in employment, bringing back people slowly as occupancy came back. And, you know, it's each week, I would say, up through kind of the balance of October, we got a couple dozen here, another 50 here, and we got up to a couple thousand people back to work, and then we saw a regression. in the last part of the year with the cases increasing and peaking in January. And, you know, we really tried not to re folks. That was our biggest hesitancy of bringing people back. We don't want to bring them back and then re and have them be in a washing machine. So we were really conscientious about who we brought back and, you know, a lot of our food and beverage outlets and operations are still today not open. And that's because we just haven't seen the occupancy recovery necessary to do that. But I do think over the next three or four months, we've actually got a reopening plan. We call it spring forward, going into the spring where we think we're going to get a lot of our normal operations back up and running over the next three or four months. And so as I sit here today and say, you know, we have, uh, you know, close to 3,000 active folks, I think, you know, by midsummer, hopefully that would be four, 4,500 4, and, and so forth. But it's just layering it in and, you know, looking at occupancy and each week recalling people as we have the opportunity to do so.
1: Right. And back in the day when last year at this time, or maybe in, even th- through the summer, uh, what changed in your operations as far as I know you said the 221, but did you do anything different as far as like, cleaning this or keeping things uh, safe at your properties? Were were there things that you guys made up? Because I know you guys operate a lot of branded properties. Was there a program that you installed into the properties yourself as a company instead of the brand saying, hey, you guys need to do this?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we did temperature checks for all associates as they came into the building. Um, And we also set up our own contact tracing so that when we had an associate or a guest, We had the first case in Alaska. That was actually at our Sheridan Anchorage. It was a Cathay Pacific pilot who had come over from China. And so we worked with the governor and and the pilots union, to contact trace that And in in that situation, only that pilot got sick and he was fine, but uh, we set up our own contact tracing. And then we also, um, in addition to what the brands were doing, where we operate or in our independence, uh, we always we, we had our own supply chain for uh, PPE that what we found in the first 60 days is there was a real shortage of hand sanitizer, cleaning supplies, protective equipment. And so we did bulk orders in March strategically so that we would have that available for our associates. And so I think managing the supply chain early before distributors started running out was a critical thing that we did early on but you know the cleanliness standards we you know we we had very rigid kind of checklists where we were wiping down elevator banks every hour on the hour and and so forth and so I think some of those cleaning standards will stay but um, we definitely went above and beyond what the brands were doing in terms of uh, temperature checks making sure we were tracing unique issues. If we had cases in the hotels and in some cases we actually, uh, one or two of our hotels were quarantine centers. So we had to be that much better about safety measures. We were actually housing people who were potentially COVID positive.
1: Oh, wow. And did anything change as far as your marketing? Because I know a lot of people are interested, like, how are these guys picking up? And I've talked to a lot of industry leaders and they're like, yeah, these are the things that we did in in the marketing and the sales and marketing side of things. Was there something different that you did last year that you would recommend other people that are watching they do or if if they haven't already done it, do it? Uh, Was there something different in sales and marketing that you kind of were strategic about?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of staycation, a lot of, uh, you know, educating the customer that it's safe. Um, you know, there's not a lot of business travel still happening. So, you know, in terms of educating the business travel or corporations getting uncomfortable, really only starting to see those purse strings at the corporate level loosen up now and group has been pretty minimal too. A lot of the marketing has been around, Hey, you know, uh, stay local, stay home. Um, and it's, you know, hotels are, just as safe as being in your home, in a lot of cases, if you're not congregating in the restaurant or in the lobbies. And in a lot of cases, we didn't have those spaces active. So it was really trying to repurpose the hotel, to sell it as you know a staycation or some type of unique experience. And then we definitely went after medical, government, insurance, so business that was happening. We changed our sales effort, not necessarily marketing effort to go after specific types of groups that were still happening. I mean, in Raleigh-Durham, we leased our Marriott for uh, three or four months to the county to house homeless and, um, you know, took it offline. And it was a a very intentional thing to protect cash flow. In Atlanta, we were the dorm for Georgia Tech at our Indigo Midtown for the fall semester so i think also we looked at different ways to purpose purposefully uh you know try to manage the cash burn of our owners by using the hotel in different ways but in terms of specific marketing that you know i think it was more that focus on come for the weekend and stay on the monday and work from a hotel i hate the word work from home because you can work remote i promote work remote work remote doesn't matter if you're at your home or you're at Ritz Carlton, St. Thomas, you can do this. Look, I could have been down in St. Thomas and done this with you today, just yeah. like I'm in my house. So I, I think the more we can promote work remote, work from a hotel, the better off we'll be.
1: Right. And as you say that, you know, a lot of these things that as far as cleanliness and this, some of the new standards that have come out in the industry are going to be this long-term thing that you're never going to get rid of. What are those things that in your opinion that are going to stick forever? Um,
2: I think first and foremost, uh, I think just the rigourness of cleaning, cleaning public spaces is going to stay for at least for the foreseeable future. You know, having electrostatic sprayers to spray down public spaces, having hand sanitizer stations in public spaces, having housekeeping, cleaning elevator banks more frequently. So your your per occupant, your P.O.R. cost per occupied room cost on cleaning is going to be higher just because you're cleaning more frequently. I think the, the counter to that is I think you're going to see a lot of the industry not necessarily clean stayover rooms every day. So that's kind of the your overall cleaning cost may be equivalent to pre-COVID levels on a POR basis. But you may be saving money because if someone's staying with you for four days, you may be only cleaning the room once or twice instead of every time. And that's also because the guest maybe doesn't want you coming in the room.
1: Yeah, uh, You know, they
2: don't want a house, a strange housekeeper that they don't know being in their, their space uh, while they're away. And so I think that will be kind of the norm. Um, I do think that over a period of time, as the pandemic has been squashed, given how, um, you know, affected the vaccines are, that, you know, wearing the mask and, um, you know, we are hospitality and not getting to see somebody smile at check-in, that that will come back. It may not be this year it may be next year but i do think some of the the wearing of the mask and gloves will be tempered some as we get we get longer further along and squashing the pandemic
1: yeah absolutely and i think i definitely think that you know a lot of the guests that have been staying in hotels this past year they've gotten used to like a limited fmb they've gotten used to uh maybe doing an uber eats where they're not getting it from the hotel or they're getting used to not getting their room cleaned every single day so that is an opportunity for all of us to kind of learn and see if your brand in it that guest is actually able to Uh, recognize that and and be okay with it without affecting your service scores and and maybe future business. Um, I think that's definitely important. All right. So what do you think? When do you think this industry is going to come back to maybe like a 2019 number? Is it going to be a couple years or uh, people are saying- I I don't know. I
2: think everybody's trying to project that Smith Travel, CBRE do a great job. I think they're probably fairly accurate and they're Projections that rev non-inflation adjusted will be back in kind of 2023 to 2024. I think profitability um, will be back in kind of 2024. Um, and you know, in terms of if you adjust both for inflation, it could be 2025, assuming no recession between now and then. So I think it's you know we took the elevator st- we took the elevator down and we're taking the stairs back up. I think the good thing is is that I I think most hotels will be back to NOI positive by second half this year. Meaning, you know, owner covering property taxes, insurance, mortgage interest. They're not in a cash trap. I think you can say for the majority of hotel owners, though the unique circumstances, but the majority of hotels will be back to NOI positive. By the end of this year, I think actually your New York and your San Francisco and a couple of the gateway cities are actually going to be longer. There will be a lot of hotels in those markets that aren't net operating income positive till sometime next year. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely your tertiary, secondary markets are faring better. Anything that's leisure is faring better, but I do think the majority of the industry will be cash flow positive by late this year, which is yeah. great because yeah. it'll save off some bankruptcies hopefully.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people in the industry were projecting bankruptcies to happen end of last year, sometime third quarter, fourth quarter of last year. And it didn't happen because of the banks being so lenient with their, you know, their policies and some of those things. I think it's helping and the banks don't want to take back properties. Right. And that's not that's not what they want to do right now. And so they've really been supporting the, the industry, especially our industry, where we've been hit really hard. And and I feel like uh, I think that's going to be the case. So I don't see the big, big public uh you know, bankruptcies happening and you're everyone getting a deal. But I think those people are waiting on the sidelines uh, for those. And what do you think as far as we're talking about your entire team, you went from 7,000 employees down to almost 500. And now you've brought you know, back up to 3000. Where does that number? Um, how does that number work with you as far as what you're going how you're going to lead your team uh, as a CEO of Remington hotels? Like, what are you doing differently becoming or as a CEO?
2: Yeah, I think at first it starts with just empathy and transparency. Um, one of the things that we instituted back in March of last year, we started doing a weekly webcast every week with all associates, including furloughed associates. Because we wanted to keep them informed. And what we actually did, we actually did two to start off with. We had one for furloughed and one for active associates. And then we combined those because it was a lot of the same message. And we did it every week methodically uh, all the way through uh, till the end of last year, where we moved it to once every two weeks and we've been keeping that up. So every single uh, week we talk to all our active and all our furloughed associates. And, you know, we would add, we had unfiltered Q and A, you know, we had people who were incredibly upset, firing in anonymous questions. And I think, uh, you know, my chief operating officer and my head of HR and I, who, do the webcast, we just we read the question and then we try to do the best we can in answering it. And I think that that goes a long way, even if somebody's unemployed or on furlough, that if you're just sitting there trying to give them information in a real time fashion and you're just honest with people, you know, when people would say, when are we going to be able to come back? And I just say, I don't know. And I would you know tell people that if they had the opportunity to go work in another industry and get a job right now, I would encourage them to do that. Uh, you know, rather than giving them false hope, so I think that first and foremost is the, the most important thing. It's just empathy and transparency, even if humans can take bad news, they just don't like surprises. Yeah. And so as much as we can be transparent, we try to do that through the webcast. The other thing is that we've tried to also be very intentional with the things that we have done. So whereas we had people move into hotels, which is really hard on them and their families, we didn't have anybody in the field take a pay cut almost all our competitors had to act to people take pay cuts. We didn't. We said, we're sending these team members to war. We're not going to have them take a pay cut when we're sending them to war.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, secondly, uh, we also engaged with health check 360, where we do, uh, we instituted a resiliency program and you can get free uh, mental health. You can get free wellness. You can get a, a health coach. And so we, because we're really concerned about burnout and, uh, mental illness in this time and that's not a silver bullet but it definitely every bit helps and then at the end of 2020 we paid out thank you um, appreciate we paid out appreciation payments that we call them but they're bonuses and we paid out in some cases 50 cents on the dollar uh, bonuses to every bonus eligible associate both field and corporate and that was millions and millions of dollars now we we had the financial ability to do that. But I think it really um, is that we we could have saved those monies and made our Q4 look better.
1: Yeah.
2: But it, we we our owners and us made the decision to pay it forward and really thank everyone for everything that they've done. And I think that's going to give us a lot of legs into the recovery as well. So those are the types of things that I think you you have to do. And I think you have to also rethink. Um, you know, so many people. I thought, well, I'm just going to survive the crisis and then I'm going to get back to running banquets and I'm going to get back to my normal food and beverage operation. This is an opportunity to rethink what how you're operating. And so we've really tried to take that approach too. to, you know, we may not come back the way we were and really kind of give that message. And I think that can be exciting to general managers and heads of the business. How can we operate differently? Uh, that could benefit a lot of folks. And then the last uh, one of the things I want to mention, too, we're, we're doing a campaign called Spring Forward, and it's about revival and it's got some commercial activization. And we're going to go visit every single hotel that we operate in the month of April. And when I say we, the leadership team in Dallas. So I'm going and visiting some. We're going to have food trucks and that kind of thing and really kind of pump up the staff because we're starting to see occupancy recover but we need to get out and start. And I've been I've had my first vaccine I actually had COVID. Um, so I'm, you know, but being conscientious about not putting executives or team members at risk. But I think that's the other thing too, is that we've gotten through this pandemic a year has gone by and people think things are just going to return to normal. Well, well people are burned out excessively and so we have to kind of pump them up, uh, help them. And um, this spring forward campaign that we're doing and also has some mental wellness components around it is a, a big push we have to to try and re-energize people who have just been through hell. Yeah.
1: And have you seen yeah. morale go down have you, over the past, like, let's say six to nine months? Have you seen the morale go down and then you're like, we're noticing it going down and that's why you implemented the health care or the health checks, 360 and, and some of these things because you saw morale or was that kind of intuitive? Like I we think morale is going to go down. So we need to do these, take these measures.
2: It's a, it's a combination of both. I didn't have like a data point that said, Hey, it's way down. Um, you know, it's not like, but what we have done, we just did a survey of our corporate associates around burnout that I'm supposed to get this week. Cause I want to hear from them. I don't want to just assume what they want. And then we're going to do it for the field because it's a much bigger population. We're going to do that in April as part of the spring forward campaign. But um, and that would be some good data around burnout. But you can just see it if you have people working 80 hours a week or living in hotels. It's only a matter of time and they're doing two, or three jobs. So I think it was more anticipation than anything. Um, and I, I think it's unfortunate that you know, a lot of executives in the industry aren't talking about mental health and the impact on the industry. There's been a lot of millennials who said to hell with this. I don't want to work and travel you know, if they're in a a finance or accounting or HR, you know, we had a great HR associate I can think of. And, you know, she left to go work in a vet business, which, you know, pet, pet business is recession proof. I think there's plenty of examples of those people who we lose out of the industry because they don't want to deal with this. And I think we have to collectively talk about the impact that it's had. I think the whole industry has had a, a burnout morale problem for months now, right? You can't go through we literally just went through World War Three for hotels and are still effectively in the late innings of it and not think it had a mental impact on everyone.
1: Yeah, no, I think it had a mental impact and then just physical impact too. Like they were they're they're tired and, you know, they're I, I know a lot of salespeople that were director of sales and now they're working the front desk or they're cleaning rooms and, and housekeeping and, you know, that's not great for your morale, but it's also not great for just you being not doing what you were, lo- what your passion was, right? And and yep. I see a lot of that. And so, kudos to all those people that uh, kept it kept it going because you know they're still here, and I see them still caring because that this is what they love. This is all they know. A lot of people in hospitality, this is all they know, and they don't want to do anything else. And a lot of people share like go pivot go do something else temporarily they're like i don't want to do anything else this is what i love and i'm sure there's yeah. people listening <clears throat> in this conversation right now are that are feeling the same like i'm not leaving this industry and i think that's powerful to say that we have a lot of resilient people in the industry and these people that um, stick around and that are keeping all of us going and our hotels going i think it's super super powerful and Thinking of those, and we're talking about you know leadership for the future, what are some habits that you personally take every single day to keep you going? Because you've been through a lot too, right? You've had to do all of these things to get to where you are now and been through the war. So what are a few things that you do as far as keeping yourself going?
2: Well, I, I, I think it was maybe Shaquille O'Neal, or I'm trying to think you said it first, but something I really live by is that you can't do great things with crappy habits. Uh, you can't do extraordinary things with crappy habits. It's the principle of uh, 1% improvement every day leads to greatness. And if you look at great athletes, you look at great leaders, it's not about thinking about how do I get from point A to point B. It's the small steps that I make that make incremental improvements. And so people that work for me here may say all the time, it's progress, not perfection. And I really try to live that every day. And so I think, you know, first and foremost, taking care of yourself. If you don't have a a decent diet, you're not getting enough sleep, you're drinking too much. uh, You know, I work out four or five times a week. I think that's first and foremost, you can't be your best in the workplace or for your family. If you can't take care of yourself first, the second is, um, you know, uh, time management. That's where a lot of, Uh, leaders, you know, take a general manager or a CEO, you're you're tasked with housekeeping and leading sales and doing the financial books and managing the big breakfast. And and so it's all about time management and priorities. And so I'd encourage any young leader listening in to read some great time management books and really try to focus yourself to be efficient with your time because it is the ultimate resource. And I think the last thing is just surround yourself with good people. Um, you know, if you're miser- most people are miserable in the workplace because they're mis- they're around people that make them miserable or, you know, it's the old saying, you quit it, a- you quit your boss, you don't quit your job. I think that's very true. And I know it's been true for me in the past. And I think you want to surround yourself with people that are going to invest in you and people that you enjoy being around. And I think that's what we're trying to build at Remington Hotels I think it's part of the reason we're the highest rate on Glassdoor along with Hilton um, that, you know, we're trying to build a culture of people that trust and engage with one another and trust in business is the ultimate resource. So but I I think it goes back to the the devices. It's being very disciplined day in, day out, whether that's in your personal life and in your professional and that small gains add up over a significant period of time.
1: Yeah, I love that. And your 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 company's slogan is Room to Thrive. Uh, what does that mean? So uh, I'm glad you asked that. We came up with that in 2018.
2: And we say we're the place where passionate people thrive. And uh, Room to Thrive is kind of the hashtag for that. And what it means is that we're passionate people because we're passionate about hospitality, passionate about delivering results. But passionate doesn't mean you're necessarily for everyone. Right? Yeah, we want the best of the best, but it is about uh, work ethic. It's about passion for others. It's about bringing it every day, and it may not be everybody's cup of tea. And thrive really uh, is a word that speaks to long-term results. It doesn't mean the best monthly PL, It doesn't mean the you know best day. It means over a period of time that we want to deliver. You know, a great experience for our associates who deliver great service for our guests, who then ultimately deliver a great bottom line to our owners over a long period of time. And so I think it's it's so not being penny wise, pound foolish, um, albeit we have to count pennies in this business. But uh, thrive really represents, you know, in it for the long term. And so it's giving people room to grow and learn and be creative, but at the same time, thrive for the long term. And we don't always get it right on the first attempt. we, again, it's progress, not perfection. We are far from perfect. And I'm sure if there's people listening in who we've had to lay off this year, they feel very differently. And I think it's just recognizing that and, and trying to move the organization forward, but it takes a village. And so I think that, um, you know, very proud to lead this organization but that room to thrive. is really representative of the community, not necessarily one or a few people.
1: Yeah, and I I like that you're saying stay positive. I mean, we can be mad at the world and be mad at maybe a company that let us go or be mad because of whatever reason, but that's not moving you forward, right? You can be mad all your life, but I feel like if you hold these things in, in, you're not going to be able to move forward and maybe take that next step or see that opportunity open up for you that is in your face because you're so mad at and you have this negativity built in. And I love that you're saying surround yourself by – really great people that are gonna inspire you to grow and inspire you to move forward and maybe think a little bit different and, and and maybe learn something new which is my motto like every single day just learn one thing so I'm glad that we're both thinking the same way um, I love this conversation I wrote down a bunch of things that I think we can use at our properties and I'm sure everybody that's listening in has written down a few things and this is what we're here to do really inspire the team and I know that your uh, your team at the uh, Remington hotels does want to inspire and grow and, and kind of tell people where uh, where can people find you and what do you guys offer because uh, we hear your name all over the industry and I know uh, you told me this this uh, this stat you're the seventh largest hotel management company third party management company in, in in the entire system right as far as hospitality
2: yeah in the U S we are and um, we are top five franchisee with Marriott and Hilton. Uh, you can find us at Remington hotelscom uh, uh, we've obviously got our own site you can also uh, go to LinkedIn and follow Remington hotels you can follow me as well I'm very active on LinkedIn um, but we provide you know management services to all types of owners uh, individuals family office private equity we manage for uh, multiple reITs and we also have some ownership ourselves uh, we're predominantly a manager but we do uh, side to side, shoulder to shoulder investing, and we give key money just like the brand. So, if you're an owner listening in and say, Hey, what would incentivize me to switch management to you? We cut key money contracts just like Marriott and Hilton do, and some of our competitors. And uh, But, yeah, we are ultimately a manager wanting to grow. And you know, I'd love to be here a year, two years from now talking to you. And instead of number seven, we're number three or four.
0: Sure. So, I'm
1: I'm sure that's going to happen, and I love that you guys have built this group of people that are passionate about what they do, and they've just kept it going, and they've stayed resilient. So I wish you and your entire team a successful 2021 and beyond, and um, thank you so much for coming back. If you guys want to watch the first episode, I think it's episode number 24 or 25. You can find it on YouTube or or now find it on Spotify because every single episode is now – you can stream on your phone or through the spotify app so uh sloan you're on there too but i appreciate this conversation i know that you have to run and you get you have a busy week uh, rest of the week you just came back from a uh, a family trip and and kind of mixed between work and pleasure uh, so my last question was how was traveling and staying at another hotel that you don't manage uh, but you see what they're doing and how does it made a difference in what you're going to implement because the the passion and I love traveling, and not just because you get you get this experience of traveling to somewhere else in, in the culture. But I love staying at different hotels and understanding what they do, and how can it just take a few of those things back to like our properties, even if it's not this land you know outlandish hotel that we operate. It might be a limited service property, but how can we take some of those interactions and those experiences and make them our own? So, is there something that you can share uh, as a final? Uh, tip or strategy as far as somebody listening that can inspire them to grow?
2: Yeah, I think it was just, it was two things. I'll share something very, very tactical and something, you know, that's kind of leadership oriented. Just the overall, obviously somebody had pep talk to staff and just continue to pump them up that they were just so positive. Now having a full hotel with kids running around the pool, and, um, you know, very vibrant and the weather was tremendous, probably AIDS in that. But I think, uh, you know, anyone we we have just gone through hell as an industry. And so as positive as you can be and realistic with your staff, continue to motivate them, keep them positive, And that will translate to the guests. And I saw that in St. Thomas this week. It was a, I had a phenomenal vacation and I'm so grateful to the staff. The second thing is they actually had um, this is very tactical, but I thought it was really interesting. We're going to look at it for our hotels they had these stands that you could extend from walls and up from the ground that were selfies where you could do family self portraits. And they had basically looked on the property at the four or five most picturesque sites and you could stand there and hit, put your cell phone in and hit a selfie and step back with whoever you're traveling with and have this tremendous picture of the resort. And so I had not seen that before. Um, and it had its own QR code where you go and follow all the pictures that have been taking, taken with it. And I thought that was rather clever. And then you can tag the hotel and social media. So it's kind of almost Instagram photo marketing for the hotel, just because they installed these four or five kind of clever selfie, uh, um, uh, I don't even know what you call them, but they're kind of
1: mobile standards. Standards. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I thought that was really clever and very cool and I would, any leisure driven hotel should definitely take a look at it.
1: That's cool. That's, that, that's definitely an opportunity for people to grow their social media following which is part of your marketing plan when you're trying to bring back guests to your property. So uh, I love this. It was This is a great conversation. I think we could talk about it. And I wrote down like 50 other things that we could talk about, including technology, including hiring right now, which is always an issue for our industry. Maybe we'll save those for our next conversation. Sloan Dean, it was a pleasure having you on. And before you leave, we're going to pick somebody. And I don't know if you've been reading the comments. Um, I've been trying to focus on our conversation and try to run the show on all these different platforms. But I think the winner, and guys, please uh, congratulate Peggy Godfrey for, for winning the $50 Amazon gift card. Peggy, please send me a direct message on LinkedIn. I will send you that $50 Amazon gift card today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. This is an amazing conversation. I wrote down a bunch of tips. I hope you take these tips, take them back to your hotel, and see how you can improve your team. And Sloan, Dean, it was a pleasure speaking with you again.
2: Hey, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one.
1: Yep. Take care of yourself. Thank you. All right, guys, that was amazing, amazing, amazing. I loved it. I love that he kept his team going through the entire pandemic by doing the weekly webinars, these weekly calls that the entire team, including people that were furloughed, um, got to join in and share their experience. Because I know there are people that were very upset. I heard it, right? People are upset that they maybe got laid off. Maybe they didn't, they didn't get what they thought they deserved. But Hey, we had to save, and we continue trying to save our hotels as owners, operators, and general managers. Like we are doing what we can to stay resilient, stay on top, and keep it going. And so, I love that op- that opportunity that you know we all have. And then there's so many other things that we all learn from. So, I would love. For you guys to join me on clubhouse after this to talk about some of these topics. And we're doing this right after the show. So every week we go live on YouTube, LinkedIn and clubhouse and for 10, 15 minutes after the show. If you uh, want an invite please send me a direct message on uh, LinkedIn, I'll send you an invite to clubhouse which is the hottest thing right now as far as social media. Um, And it's going to gain traction as it goes public uh, to the general audience. Uh, Right now it's just private in beta mode. And I think over the summer it's definitely going to kick in and and open it up. So listen, thank you so much. I love this opportunity to connect with you. Hit the like button if if you like this conversation next week. We are talking to actually our sponsor of the show that's been sponsoring the last like eight weeks, uh, Janine Williams. She's with Impulsify. I'm super excited to talk about how our hotels can make more money through our retail and some incremental uh, ways of making more money. She's going to be on the show. So, guys, please join me next Wednesday uh, at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time. And guys, please take care of yourself, take care of each other, and uh, please join us on Clubhouse after this. By the way, please share this uh, this. Um, this uh, show with your entire team with somebody else that could learn from these topics and could just get inspired to keep going. Cause that's sometimes that's all we need. Thank you so much to Impulsify for sponsoring this episode. Go to impulsifiedinc.com to learn more about how you can generate more revenues for your hotel retail, just by doing simple things and uh, definitely get the hotel Uh, bestseller guide, which is right there, rupesh.co forward slash impulsify. Guys, I will see you next week at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Talk to you then. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. And I will see you soon.